0: To make your fantasy a reality, with the help of the crew over at Fantasy Insider and the boys at Woot and Why, this is DFS Down Under.
1: We are two weeks away from the Super Bowl, and uh, this weekend we have championship. Weekend and, uh, AFC NFC Championships, our last two game slate or our first two game slate, um, for the playoffs and our last multi game slate before we hit Super Bowl. And we are brought to you by Fantasy Insider, the trusted tools used by Australia's daily fantasy sports players. And joining me from Fantasy Insider is Daryl Data. How are you, mate?
0: Yeah, good, mate. How are
1: you? Yeah, not too bad. How did we fare last week, if you can remember? I know it's been a busy week uh, with <laughs> a lot of uh, a lot of sport on at the moment.
0: Yeah, tons of sport on. Um, the massive of NBA contest at VastFiles, I think it's up to 150000 now, that target contest. Yep. Um, NFL-wise, I didn't play a ton of the DFS stuff last week. Um, i more concentrated. My money was more around the betting markets, and there were some kind of good opportunities, I thought, from the betting perspective. Uh, but I think this weekend's where it kind of gets really interesting in the d f s perspective because it's the kind of week where you're you're thinking through the games becomes important you put you have to put a narrative around it. The only way to win these kind of smaller contests is to get the narrative right okay.
1: yeah, I think that's a great point. I think we should start there um and and the betting side of things and and what the model suggests helps you form that narrative
0: yeah exactly um and you, depending on how many lineups you put in, of course, you can try two or three different ones. But um, it's certainly good to get a starting point. And I start, I look less at kind of dollars per point and that kind of stuff this week. Um, because, yeah, it's just the projections are interesting, but they're perhaps less significant than um, how you see the match unfolding.
1: Yeah, definitely. Although one narrative last week I did not expect at all was uh, Ben Roethlisberger throwing five touchdowns against the uh, number one rated defense in the NFL and still losing... Um uh, so that's definitely something you you can't project really um or foresee no. but uh we we learn more about these teams the more they play so um hopefully that'll help us uh put put together what we think is a narrative and I I have some strong views on especially a certain running back I don't want any any bit of this week because of said yeah. narrative but let's let's start at the at the quarterback position and I like just the two from the AFC championship game uh, Blake Bortles and Tom Brady, uh, narrative helps form that, but just for, uh, just for perspective, the, the total in that game is, uh, seven points higher at 46 at the moment. Uh, the Vikings Eagles yep. game is 39, so that obviously plays a role in it, but I like Blake Bortles more than I do Tom Brady just because of the price. Um, so I do think, and this is where the narrative comes to mind, uh, I do think that the Jags will be down in this game and will be have to, have to throw a lot. And they also have the easiest matchup of the bunch when it comes to defense. Although the Patriots defense hasn't allowed more than 17 points in a game since week five and are underrated, they're not Minnesota, Philly or Jacksonville themselves. So, they have given up the seventh most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks, so they you know they give up a lot of yards, but they don't give up a lot of points and touchdowns. So I do think you could see Blake Bortles uh, throw and, and particularly pick up some yardage on the ground as well. So at his price, I do prefer Blake Bortles. I can't believe I'm saying this as my number one play in championship weekend is is a guy called Blake Bortles.
0: Yeah, he's um, our number two play, um, and yeah, we've got we've got Brady one, Bortles two. Um, I think we have Brady projected. Just kind of enough ahead of Bortles that he leads on both top score and top value. Um, but, yeah, as you say, you can certainly build kind of solid narratives about either of them. Um, and if you believe, as I think we both do, that that game is going to be a significantly more high-scoring game, then it makes sense to kind of go that way.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I was doing some numbers on Brady itself, and that's why I went with Bortles over Brady. Uh, please check out my Twitter at JYNFL for some of the stats I posted about Brady. It's more uh, football than fantasy, but um, I do like Brady this week, so I will be playing both of them um, in different lineups. But Bill Belichick seems to be the one coach that who does what all coaches should do but often don't do enough. He attacks a defense where they are the weakest, and he avoids you know their strengths. So Jacksonville's tough through the air against wide receivers. They've been tough all year, but they're a little bit weaker against pass-catching running backs, and that's where Brady thrives. He loves throwing to running backs, especially in the playoffs. I can't remember the exact stat, but he has 100-plus 100, hundred passer rating throwing to, to running backs um, in the playoffs, whereas deep down the field, 15-plus yards, it's only about 56 or something like that. So definitely the shorter dump-off passes to running backs seem to work for Brady. Um, so I think you'll see a lot of dinking and dunking in this game from him, but that all adds up to completions and yards and, and eventually touchdowns.
0: Yeah, so you've got that combination of those things. You not, might not get those long touchdowns. You obviously run the risk that the Pats get up early, and then they just kind of run, run, run the clock. Um, and if, if they're up, you know, two, three touchdowns at halftime, then they could be just running the whole second half, and you won't get many points at all out of Brady. So that's your risk with him. Uh, I think if you think that the Jags are able to keep that game somewhat close within seven, ten points... Um, yeah, within 7-10 points, then I think Brady makes sense. If you think the Jags are going to get behind early and be throwing a lot of the second half, then you look at Bortles and possibly a running back from the Patriots.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think Brady's probably your safest pick of the bunch, but um, I do I do see a scenario where Blake Bortles could have a higher ceiling because of that rushing. Uh, you know, there's always a chance that he can run one in down in the end zone, yeah. uh, in the red zone, and potentially, you know, rack up points. That way, in the other game, I'm not really keen on either, but if I had to choose one, it probably would lean towards Case Keenum.
0: Uh, yeah, what do we have? We have yeah, Keenum just ahead of Foles. So for us, it goes kind of Brady, Bortles, Keenum, Foles, and there's about as much gap between each of those, so between Brady and Bortles is Keenum and Foles. Yeah, Yeah, I was by far the
1: worst. Yeah, although he did play good in the second half. You know, no touchdowns, but uh, had some great drives, but doesn't really amount to fantasy points. But uh, let's move on to the running back position. And my number one play is Dion Lewis uh, against the Jags. That is an area that I just touched on before. Short passes to running backs. A lot of catches for Dion Lewis and James White in the backfield. And Lewis has been a a stud, uh, an absolute superstar over the last few weeks. So... It's hard to mm-hmm. see him getting fewer than twenty touches. He had twenty four touches for one hundred and forty one yards last year, uh, last week. Sorry, um, and his target totals have, have risen the past month from two to five to seven and then ten last week. So, I do yep. think he is the he is the play, and I don't mind the uh, the Brady Lewis uh, combination because of that passing connection.
0: Yeah, so he's the kind of yeah, the slight weird exception to the rule. right in that he's going to get those um, targets. So he's going to get his own. Running yards on the offensive side, and he'll also be potentially getting those garbage time runs as well. Yep. Um, so yeah, I think you can make a case for a Brady Lewis lineup. You can also make, as I said before, kind of a case for a Ball Lewis lineup. Yeah, um, and I don't think you go too far on with either.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, so the running back that I'm fading this week, and I know he's the Crunch's top ranked play, is Leonard Fournette. And I talked about Bill Belichick. Being the one coach who does what all coaches should do, he attacks a defense weakness and avoids the strength. And likewise, as a defensive person, he shuts down a team's number one weapon. He's done it multiple times. He does it when he plays the Steelers in Le'Veon Bell or Antonio Brown. He does it against the Colts when it's T.Y. Hilton. He he just shuts down a team's number one weapon, and that's exactly what he's going to do this week. He's going to shut down Leonard Fournette and then say, if you're going to beat us, Jacksonville, it's going to be Blake Bortles that that beats me and I'm happy to go down if that's the case, but I trust my defense enough and, and your ineptitude Blake to, to <laughs> let us down here and and gift us the win. Um, and that's what, that's what uh, Bill Belichick does. He's the master of it. He's the, the greatest coach of all time. That's what he does. And I am a little bit concerned about Fournette's ankle. So after his ankle injury yeah. last week, he had 13 carries for 27 yards, which was 2.08 yards per carry. And then he had one, just one rush of five plus yards, but before that injury, he was averaging six yards a carry and had eight rushes of five plus yards. So I am very concerned about that ankle and uh, the Bill Belichick shutdown as well. So I'm not playing Leonard Fournette uh, in any lineup.
0: Yeah, and that uh, gives you a good point of difference as well, I suspect, from some. Um, but yeah, um, the injury I think is definitely a concern. I think he's still officially kind of marked questionable at the moment, probably will play, but. Yeah, you certainly have that kind of warning icon around him just because of that. Um, the Belichick thing is the kind of intangible that the model is just not really going to pick up on to the extent that you emphasize it. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely one where kind of your personal opinions come in. And as we always say, like with the line of you don't kind of treat it as gospel. You have to kind of merge it with your own opinions and your own research.
1: Mm, definitely. Yeah, I'm pretty strong on that. I know I, I, it's just... I've just seen it way too many times and I just know that that's what Bill will do because Blake is not someone that you can fear as a quarterback yet um, or I don't think yep. people ever will. Um, so it's I think 5.38 today released uh, the easiest routes to a Super Bowl and this year um, is the easiest. The Pats have now the easiest uh, route to make a Super Bowl in playing the Titans and the Jags. So um, it's, it's on paper now that it is such an easy matchup. Um, for yeah, them, yeah. so that, that just seems like a logical uh, explanation for me. So I, with Leonard Fournette out of the question, I really struggled at running back this week, so I went Jerick McKinnon as my second option um, because the Eagles are number one against the run this season, um, but they're also middle of the pack against the pass, so I do think the Vikings will have to air it out on Sunday, and if they are behind, um, I do think Jarek McKinnon will, will be on the field more than and than, than Latavius Murray. And could see some more catches out of the backfield. He is a little bit cheaper at Moneyball, uh, a, a bit of yeah, a bit bigger difference at Draft Stars. But when you look at the salary, it's not that much. It's all comparable. Um, so either one of those Vikings running backs, I'll go down. I just I don't know. I'm just leaning towards Jerick McKinnon at this point.
0: Yes, we have um, McKinnon projected 10.2, Murray projected 9.8, Ajayi 10.2. So I think for us. Uh, we kind of go Ajayi over mckinnon 10.2 and what is is what 100 more expensive on moneyball but 450 less expensive on draft stars so you yeah. kind of got that comparison there yep um it could well be that you go with um, Ajayi, draft stars uh, mckinnon on moneyball yeah Probably get a bit of exposure
1: definitely leaning that way i just it's hard to similar scenario to the to the eagles and vikings i'd prefer to go that pass catching Running back just because it gives you a more variety of point scoring opportunities because both those teams are, are so good against the run. So, Ajayi, I obviously prefer over LeGarrett Blanc, but like someone like Corey Clement could be a real pod for me as well. I considered yeah. putting his name down. What did the Cruncher think of him and, and any other running backs that it shot out?
0: Yeah, so um, what have we got? We've got? So, as you mentioned, we've got Finn at top ranked. Um, we've got Dion Lewis, Ajayi McKinnon. The others of the kind of over 10 points, and yeah, Clement we've got projected, I think, at uh, where is it, 5.7, uh, which for his kind of salary, I think, makes him sort of the third, yeah, the third running back on a hundred kind of dollars per point basis. So, yeah, he's a decent play, I think, as well. Uh, there's not a ton of options beyond that, right? You've got James White, 7.1, at, what, 9,600. Um, hmm. Yeah, Latavius Murray. Yeah, there's, there's very few options I think beyond that.
1: Yeah, unless you are really a, a big Tommy Bohannon fan, the uh, fullback that has a knack of um, catching, catching touchdowns. <laughs> or when I say knack, he's caught two in eight games. But um, yeah. yeah, it's just <laughs> that's basically and, uh, all your other options.
0: And at five hundred bucks. He's only 500 bucks cheaper than um, Corey Clement. I think I'd take Corey
1: Clement all yeah. day over that. Yeah, <laughs> d- definitely. Before we move on to wide receivers, I do need to mention uh, the Fantasy Insider Lineup Cruncher, uh, the premium account. So by now you know that the standard account, you can build up to 40 lineups with one button, and that's 40 instant lineups. You can enter and win cash on with just a few clicks. But the Fantasy Insider Premium Account, you can access 15 other different features on the Cruncher. So if you go premium today, head to fantasyinsider.com.au slash y. That's fantasyinsider.com.au slash Fantasy Insider Lineup Cruncher is the best tool in the business. I can guarantee that. Uh, wide receiver position, I'm feeling, feeling this week, uh, despite everyone being on the digs hype train after that miraculous touchdown to uh, send the Saints home.
0: Yeah, Thielen's the raw top scorer on the country, um, top bar list. list. Uh, I think he's a better deal at Moneyball than he is at Draft Stars, but I certainly would object to playing him anywhere. Um, and, yeah, wide receiver, when it comes to narrative building, wide receiver's always position, where you're going to struggle at a little bit because you know, there's obviously several options that you could go with for each team for who scores. Uh, so, yeah, just no objection to Thielen.
1: Yeah, exactly. I... I... I do think you have to play one of Thielen or Diggs. So I definitely think, um, at draft stars I would prefer Thielen. He is cheaper than Diggs. But, uh, if you're looking at money ball, um, I think it's the other way around where Thielen is dearer than Diggs. So that could be an option for you. But, okay. um, uh, the, yeah. t- the targets are definitely there for Thielen. He hasn't done a ton over the past four games, but, um, the Eagles, they've given up, uh, eight wide receiver touchdowns between weeks 13 and 17. So I definitely think there's uh, some areas there for them to exploit. And Thielen had the harder matchup last week against Marshall and Lattimore and still uh, provided a solid floor of uh, fantasy points with 10.4. He had six catches for 74 yards. So definitely an easier matchup this week. So I do like him. dollar against the Jags, um, 6,400. I think uh, this is an area for... Brady, apart from the running backs that he can exploit. So he does trust his underneath slot man in big games. He prefers to throw underneath than deep in these big games. And the matchup against Jacksonville kind of leans towards that. Aaron Colvin seems to be the weak kink in the the, uh, Jags secondary. Gave up 73% catch rate from the slot. And we saw Denny Amendola sort of play that Edelman role last week. So um, if I am picking a wide receiver to pair with Brady, I'm going to lean Amendola Uh, this week?
0: Yeah, um, so we've got Amendola projected at eight. To be honest, we've got most of the Patriots receivers fairly close. We've got Brennan Cooks, I think, at 12.4, Chris Hogan, 9.1, Danny Amendola, eight. Um, I think, there's, as I say, it's a bit of a case of trying to decide which one or which two possibly to go with. Um, Amendola, I don't mind. I think your kind of reasoning and your kind of positional matchups there are interesting. But, yeah, I think you just have to decide who you're going to go with and um, take your chances there.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, Alan Hearns is the other matchup uh, against the Pats, 5,400 at Moneyball, 7,700 at DraftStar. So Hearns is running 73% of his routes from the slot, um, and he has the best matchup of the three, um, considering that New England allowed the most fantasy points per game to slot-wide receivers. So that could be another. looks like both the slot receivers in this game could could feature and if the, if Bortles does use play action a lot, um, you could see Hearns, um, getting a bit more underneath coverage. But it's it's hard to really pick a, a Jags receiver. Um, a lot of their sort of Vegas projections are around that forty yard mark, um, yeah. so it's kind of a lottery pick uh, for me. But that was just the the one thing that stood out was the, uh, the fantasy points per game to slot wide receivers. So I just leaned towards Hearns in this situation.
0: And I quite like Hearns for Jag stacks. I think the other Jacksonville receiver we got up there is Judy Westbrook at nine, but he's 10,750 versus yep. 7,700 for Hearns. Um, and in general, I don't mind Jags wide receivers. There's a little, when I was looking for kind of inefficiencies around um, ownership percentages and stuff, one of the sort of key under owned. Scenarios was the underdog or a decent-sized underdog in a high-scoring matchup. Mm. I think people see the New England minus eight, minus nine, whatever it is, and kind of avoid Jacksonville receivers without perhaps looking at the expected points. Mm. So as a kind of point of difference, as kind of a value play, I don't mind trying to get a Jacksonville receiver in there.
1: Yeah, and underdogs have been kind of killing it uh, this this week. So I have a stat for our punt return podcast. Uh, for the week, but this is the best ever uh, postseason we've seen for underdogs. They're currently seven and one against the spread and, and four and four straight up. Um, so yep. that's something to note. That you know, even though that that expected totals low, they've been exceeding a lot of those expected totals um, when covering or winning games. Uh, the last yep. wide receiver I like is Nelson Aguilar. Just purely on price, uh, you know, he's accounted for a massive twenty one percent of Foles' uh attempts 25 of 120, but he has a tough matchup. I just don't know about Alshon Jeffrey, who's going to be facing Xavier Rhodes, um, who who did have a rough week last week against Michael Thomas, but Michael Thomas is on a different level to Alshon Jeffrey, uh, in my opinion. So I I don't know about Alshon Jeffrey, but it seemed to work when they did target him. Um, So I'm not sure. I do think that I need to play an Eagles player. I probably will lean towards Zach Ertz, and I'll talk about potentially playing two tight ends in a minute
0: yeah second of all we got projected for nine um minnesota expected to score 21 points in what is i think a pretty low scoring total 38 total um but those 21 points have to come from somewhere uh Alhor, i think is let me see here so the oh, eighth ranked wide receiver this week uh he's ninety-five, fifty draft stars i think he's playable um just, yeah, if that's the kind of salary you've got left, he's the best option. I wouldn't hesitate to put him in, but he's not one I'd be kind of locking in from the start.
1: Yeah, it's he's only there, because I, we name four wide receivers every week, um, <laughs> and it was the same with Ajayi. I I, I am leaning towards a double tight end stack and potentially doing it that way, and, and not playing four net has enabled me to afford these in some lineups, but uh, I like Rob Gronkowski and Zach Ertz this week. They're the two top clear tight end plays, um, this week, Rob Gronkowski's yep. matchup proof. Um, Doug Marone asked today, the, uh, the Jags coach, how do you defend Gronk? And he said, you, you can't, you just hope he drops it or, or has an off game, um, which is uh, sounds stupid, but it's probably correct um, at this point. Uh, he's just an absolute freak, and he's averaging 21.7 fantasy points per game a la- across his last six postseason games. So I think he's the best player of probably any, any potential uh, position and matchup here, I do love Gronk.
0: Yeah, so um, you know, argument—he's four and a half points better than anyone else on the projections. Um, the matchup obviously goes there. He looks good in stacks. Um, yeah, I think he's a pretty obvious play. I suspect he'll be pretty high yet.
1: Yeah. yeah, definitely. And then Zach Ertz, obviously, I mentioned before, the other one—he's seven thousand on Draft Stars, ten thousand seven hundred on. Uh, sorry, 7,000 on Moneyball, 10,700 on draft stars. He leads the team in targets, fantasy points, and yeah, in four of uh, Nick, in, sorry, per four quarters in Nick Foles' starts. So he's averaging 8.6 targets and 13.9 points um, in Nick Foles' games. So do think he is another option there. I think he's the pick of Eagles players this week. Yeah, so
0: Eagles projected 17.5 points. Um, he's definitely set the second ranked tight end you're going to play two of them, which you might have to if you don't like any running backs or wide receivers, yep. <laughs> uh, it's certainly a decent pick. And um, The only other thing they might throw out at tight end, I think we've got Kyle Rudolph kind of listed as possibly the best value of those. Nine and a half points at 9,400. Um, and then beyond those three, I think there's a significant drop off.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I didn't mind Rudolph uh, as well, so I've got him in a few lineups uh, when I want to play two tight ends and I just can't quite afford But yeah, I'm not playing any other tight end apart from from those three. Can I play two defenses potentially? I like both (laughs) the uh, Philly defense against the Eagles and the Minnesota defense against the Vikings. I do think a turnover or a pick six or a fumble recovery for a touchdown or potentially a special teams touchdown might win this game for for one of these teams um, in what's going to be a gritty sort of outdoor uh, affair. Um, I'll be playing both um, depending on who I've got in my lineups. I'll try to be a little bit more friendly. I don't want to be count, counter, countering points um, against uh, my teams above, but do you yeah. think the low implied total here definitely may, means that you lean towards these two?
0: Yeah, I think so. Actually, um, yeah, as always, that will be reflected somewhat in the ownership percentages. Um, and as you say, it's going to be a case of looking at who else you've got. Um, so, yeah, if you've got back hurts in there, that will influence your decisions. If you've got Thielen in there, that will influence your decisions. Um, similarly with the running back. So, um, yeah, I think they are the two obvious plays. Like you basically, it's, there's four teams that uh, you're going to pick one of them um, yep. and see what happens. But yeah, I think that'll be the two high zones. We actually have, I think we had that game going over the total. So we're, I think we're projecting kind of 45 points in that game. So reasonably high over the 38, 39 total. Um, and in the New England game, I think the second side Island model is projecting 49. So we have it a bit closer, um, and the, perhaps there might be a little bit of value in one of the defenses in the New England Jacksonville game. But that being said, uh, yes, yeah, you're you're right, and the ownership percentages will reflect that.
1: Yeah, it is crazy to see Jags so cheap. They've been at the top sort of every week for the last yeah. 17 weeks or so, and now they're the lowest priced on Moneyball, and I think they are the lowest priced. Yep, they are on on DraftStars. So if you do believe in the Jags this week and you want to play them, then, you know, you'll be saving some coin. Uh, that way they are $400 cheaper than the next best on Moneyball, and, yeah, about the same on on DraftStars. So you are saving some substantial coin if you're going down that route. And if it's... if. If you want something to suggest, uh, in AFC Championship games, Brady only has 15 touchdowns in 11 starts, 12 interceptions over that span. So um, yeah. it's not the best touchdown-to-interception ratio for uh, for a guy uh, that's considered so highly, but um, he's obviously played some really tough defenses in those matchups. But this is a tough defense, so uh, if you do buy yeah. that narrative, then go right ahead and, and show the cojones to play a defense against Brady <laughs> with the Super Bowl on the line. But... Um, that that's one avenue that you could talk yourself into, but I, I'll be probably just whatever I can afford out of Philly or mini, I'll be playing.
0: Yeah, like, I certainly wouldn't mind, and I may well build a lineup based on that scenario. So you start with your Jeppesenville defense, and you kind of work out from there. So you probably would avoid Brady because of the interceptions. Um, you pick your running back. You kind of pick your wide receivers, so you avoid Patriots wide receivers. And I think you could certainly build yourself an interesting-looking team. Um from there and one that would probably you might well have a unique team from that scenario and we'll get into this more with the Super Bowl but building unique teams is uh, sort of a key thing that you'll want to concentrate on because you're almost better off having a slightly different team with a slightly lower um Projected total, rather than kind of optimizing your projected total and ending up in a 10-15 weight high for a position. Hmm. Um, so there's, there's that kind of as we go from this two game slate to a one game slate, that kind of idea of maximizing your expected tournament winnings rather than your expected team projection um, becomes more and more important.
1: Yeah, definitely. All right, that's uh, definitely very interesting. A uh, two game slate. Uh, it's it's great to uh, have a bit more variety than. Normally it's the same sort of Steelers and and Patriots and things like that. So to have some different teams in here, such as the Jaguars, definitely makes for an interesting interesting week. Um, you talk yeah. about the stats insider. You guys uh, normally post that uh, the day or two before the uh, championship games.
0: Yes, we run. That's so we run the initial model earlier. Say we'll probably post on Saturday um, an updated version, kind of any last any late information. So like nets injury, uh, Brady, I think. Did something to his hand today. Uh, have any impact, all, so. It's
1: all smoke and mirrors. <laughs> he's, he's fine. Yeah.
0: He's fine. The <laughs> usual. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so we'll post those out on social media on Saturday. Um, at this point in time, we're favouring uh, Jacksonville uh, again at uh, Jacksonville plus nine against spread but still fancy the Patriots to win that game yep. um, and also kind of slightly leaning towards Philadelphia as an underdog in the um, Eagles Vikings game.
1: Yep, and the uh, stats insider model went pretty good last week about a thirty one percent return on investment.
0: Yep, yeah. So We're pretty pleased that we, we didn't normally offer it. We don't. Well, we didn't offer it for the last couple of weeks of the regular season. I don't think that's kind of a good time to be relying on computer models. But yeah, brought it back last week. We got the Philadelphia win. We got the Jacksonville win, and the total in that game as well. So yeah, a good week for the SI model.
1: Yeah, definitely. So worth looking at, guys. If you want to check that out um, and help you formulate any uh, wages or investment uh, plans for the championship weekend to go along with, obviously playing. Moneyball and Draft Stars. Uh, That pretty much wraps up the show. Good luck this week, Daryl, and uh, yeah, we'll all be back. Hopefully Woot will be back next week. Uh, We are recording tomorrow, um, a little bit later this week, our normal show, so please keep an ear out. It might be all three of us um, talking Super Bowl uh, lineups uh, next week. Um, or actually, it might even be the week after. We've got a two-week break uh, yeah. for the Super Bowl, so please keep an eye out for that. And uh, it's Moneyball and Draft Stars probably might might go up a few days before the Super Bowl, so we might uh, we might be lucky uh, in yeah. that regard. they have been a little bit slow <laughs> lately. I'm just gene up, but yeah, all good.
0: Yep, yep. Good luck this weekend. Hope your students go well. Um, and yeah, well, look forward to chatting the Super Bowl and we'll see who's going to be there. Thanks for listening DFS Go check out all the best premium game fantasy tools at fantasyinsider.com.au
1: You can also check out all the
0: recommendations mentioned on today's podcast online at WootNY.com And make sure you follow each of the boys on Twitter at and at JYNFL Or you can follow the podcast at WootNY.com